welcome to Pick a Little, Talk a Little. The that is the name of the podcast. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> where we talk about musicals and we nitpick about them and we nerd out about them and we inevitably talk about men's bodies, probably. And that will probably be the case today because we are talking about cabaret. As always, I'm your host, Gabrielle Gazelowitz, and with me today is... Yonit Friedman. Hey! Hey! Yonit's super cool. She's Thanks. a theater person, you know, in ways that I am not, as in, like, she does it for her life, and I just talk into a microphone about it. But we're super excited to talk about cabaret today. First, to go into a little bit of historical context, cabaret is an adaptation of a play that's an adaptation of a series of short stories. So... Christopher Isherwood wrote Goodbye to Berlin, which is a series of short stories fictionalized about his experiences traipsing around Germany um, during the Weimar Republic. Um, in the 50s, it became a play called I Am a Camera by John Van Druten. Drutten. In 1966, it became a Broadway musical by Kander and Ebb. This is pretty early on in Candor and Ebb's yeah. career, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so this is actually their second musical after Floor of the Red Menace. And yes, we all know that there was the cabaret movie. We're not really going to be talking about it. It was from 1972. It's in some ways a transitional incarnation between the two that we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. But it's also very different, so there's really not much point in talking about it unless we just want to talk about Liza Minnelli for like a couple Which of hours. Which is also great. Which is also great. Generally on this show, we treat an original production as, if not gospel, as the basis for what we're right. talking about. You can't do that with Cabaret. No, you can't. Both because the 1990s London and Broadway version mm -hmm have become visually iconic, but also because our guide through these musicals is the song list. Mm -hmm. And the song list is pretty different yeah. for both shows. So you're in charge, more or less, mm -hmm. of the 1990s version. Okay. And I'm in charge, more or less, of the original Broadway version. That said, this is going to be like a little bit if-then. Yeah. So they're going to diverge <laughs> and we're going to try to keep track of both threads at the same time. Then, just to speak to our personal experiences with the musical, I have seen it performed live twice. I went and saw the Broadway revival in 2015. Sienna Miller was in it at the time. It was the end of the run. And I saw, after I graduated high school, I went back to my high school and I saw them mount a production of the musical, mm. which was, it was essentially the original yeah. one. So what about you? I have actually not seen it live, unfortunately, but I have seen the YouTube bootleg of the London production from the 90s many, many times. Yeah, that's just as good. Yeah. So to get into it, we start out with Vilkoman, because we're going to yeah. go song by song. Do you want to explain to us what the heck is going on in the world that we're thrown into? Okay, Vilkoman, it's the introduction. It's the opening number. Bienvenue. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. It's the MC, the Master of Ceremonies, played by Joel Grey in the original, Alan Cumming in both revivals. And this is where we talk about Alan Cummings. He's got that. a really nice butt. He's got a nice everything. Yeah. All right. It's welcoming us to the world of the play, but also the world of the cabaret itself, because it's a play within a play. You have the world of the show, which is Berlin, just before the Nazis take power. But it's also this club, this cabaret, this sort of seedy nightclub that's, you know, got a lot of performance, got a lot of sex, got a lot of queerness, 
all this like fun, sexy, great stuff that was very, very pretty emblematic of Berlin at that time. Let's go through yeah. the lyrics, shall we? As we're going, what I want to have in mind is as Kander and Ebb and Joe Masteroff is the book writer. I don't even know if I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. As they were going through the process, they were figuring out how much it was going to be integrated songs like in any other book musical and songs that were performances in the cabaret. The movie, for example, makes pretty much everything a performance. Yeah. The songs that are performances in the cabaret are commentary on what's going on in the rest and, of the show. And Duran, depending how you direct it, the lines start blurring too. Yeah. Is so so they went along this process and in the end we get this unique, really weird mm-hmm. fun in between. So after the first few sung lines of the song Vilkamen, which are just welcome, happy to see you, blah blah blah. Yeah, well he's speaking yeah. English and French English, and German French and because German. it's this international yeah. setting. Yeah, because Berlin was a very international city at that time. The MC says, leave your troubles outside. So life is disappointing. Forget it. And here life is beautiful. The girls are beautiful. Even the orchestra is beautiful. (laughs) Those lines will appear later. But that's sort of the function of the cabaret itself from the character's point of view is that it's an escape from the outside world. And later on in the show, we see that that is not possible the outside world will seep in. Yeah, the fact that it's this very intentionally glamorous world, and we know, historically speaking, even before, it's not just that things might be rough for people, mm-hmm. like, personally. You might just have a it's bad that, day. It's, it's that, that Germany is falling apart, yeah. as is the rest of Europe, yeah. Germany especially. So the rest of the song, they sing and dance. So right away, we get differences the, the, the revival has this being racier, both mm-hmm. in terms of, mm-hmm. just in terms of explosives. I mean, even there are, there are subtle changes yeah. to the fucking lyrics, but also in terms of the cabaret girls mm-hmm. become the cabaret girls and the cabaret boys. Yeah. In terms of, I like to touch on, like, do the songs work? Do we like mm-hmm. them? I love Vilko. Oh, it's one of the best it's opening iconic. numbers ever. Yeah. And, it, and there's no even intermission. It's just like this like drum roll. Yeah. And then we're there. And then the MC is there either like winking mischievously at us or stripping, depending, yeah. on your, depending on what you're seeing. So then we meet Clifford Bradshaw. So is Cliff the protagonist? Hmm. I'm going to say in the original production, he's the protagonist and that he's not in the yeah. revival. Yeah, in the revival, I don't think I don't there's a think there in the revival. Is. I, I think it's think more of an ensemble is. piece. Yeah. He is an American writer and he is moving to Berlin to give English lessons to earn money and work on his novel. We keep hearing about this novel. I actually love Cliff mm-hmm. and I think while the revival is superior in a lot of ways, a sort of sacrifice it makes is it weakens him as a character. It does, yeah. So, but in the train, he meets um, Ernst. Ernst Ernst Ludwig. Ludwig. What do we learn about Ludwig in scene two? Not a ton. He knows a lot about Berlin. He sends Cliff to the place that he's going to live. Don't we see him clearly, like, sneak his luggage over to Cliff? Yeah. We see there's something weird about him right away. Yeah, he, he knows things. In the revival, doesn't Ludwig say to Cliff, like, oh, like, do you want a girl? Like, do oh, you want yeah, guys? Yeah. Well, he's talking about the cabaret. Yeah. And he says there are telephones on every table. Girls call you. Boys call you. Yeah, so that is something, that's something that we're going to be thinking about going forward is that mm-hmm. it's not just that he's friendly, he's 
of this world and he is to this degree liberated and accepting. Yeah, yeah. But he does hook Cliff up with an apartment. And we meet his landlady. Yes, he sends Cliff to Fräulein Schneider's flat, which is this dumpy building for very little money. He bargains down to 50 marks. And when she takes the money, she sings a song. And so here's the thing about Fräulein Schneider as a character. It's so important that Lada Lenya created Mm -hmm. this role. Leftist German actress, had to leave Germany, married to a Jewish man. Oh, I didn't know that. Kurt Weill. Of course. Yeah. So she's a really interesting person Mm -hmm. to play this role. But so she sings, so what? Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things about musicals that you have to sort of accept is there's not a lot of room for a lot of nuanced mm-hmm. or three-dimensional characters. Mm-hmm. And Cabaret has at least four. Yeah. Has at least four, and then the MC, if not a nuanced character, is a compelling character. Yes, he's compelling. So, so what? She gets her own, like, I am song, yeah. to, to speak in yeah. those terms. And she just, like, she does what she needs to do to get by. You know, she's old enough, and she's been through enough. She mentions later in the show, like, she lived in Germany throughout yeah. World War One. She has seen some shit. So she reflects a very specific aspect of this German character. Yeah. And I think you're doing the show a disservice if you're directing in a way that makes her unlikable. Mm-hmm. I think she has, it's very important that she's a likable character. So what is a song that's like, Fine, that essentially, like, with a good actress can be a great number. Yeah. I don't think there's a single song it's in, in this entire show that I just don't like. Anyway, so, Cliff has a place to live. Ernst takes him to the Kit Kat Club. Yes, which is this cabaret that we've been talking about. And this is where we meet Sally. Yes, this is where we meet the Toast of Mayfair. Sally. Fräulein Sally Sa- Bowles. Fräulein Sally Bowles. Who is Sally Bowles? Uh, first, before I talk about this, could I quote the MC? Um, and I'm gonna break the rule and do a terrible German accent. She's so beautiful, so talented, so charming that I've asked her to marry me. And now... there. Oh, this is a different line. Yes. So here it's... And now there's only one thing standing in our way. My wife. In the revival, Alan Cumming as the MC says, I want you for my wife. Your wife? What What would she she want with me? Anyway, so Sally Bowles enters. And sings one of my favorite songs. So Don't Tell Mama is such a great song, just for no other reason than it's just Mm -hmm. Candor and Ebb writing together a great melody with really clever, fun lyrics. Yeah. And it doesn't move the plot forward. It introduces Sally, but in terms of sort of image, not in terms mm-hmm. of anything substantial about right. her. So I just think it's a really fun song. So Don't Tell Mama is the first time we see Sally perform. Yeah. And generally speaking, most interpretations, she's not a good singer. She no. can be a good performer. But she's a bit of a tragic figure in that she's this aspiring actress who isn't actually very good. Which yeah. is why Liza Minnelli is a, just a different Weird Sally. Weird choice, yeah. No, I, she got an Oscar, she deserved yeah. it, I love oh, her she Sally. she was wonderful. Her Sally, first, very of all, different. first of all, her Sally is American. But in both of the productions, Sally is British. And it is Cliff who is American other yes. than, as opposed to the other way around. And Sally meets Cliff. 
they bond over the fact that they are both Anglo. Yeah, and English speakers. He recites Casey at the bat to her, which is hilarious mm-hmm. because she she's very clearly from the outset presenting herself a certain way. Her, when she comes off stage, she doesn't drop character. Mm-hmm. And she clearly makes a conscious effort in her life to never drop character. Right. Which is maybe not the most functional way to go about things, as we will see. Yes. And we find out that Sally is in a relationship with the club's owner. Max. Yes. And this is something where the revival, Cliff goes backstage to see Sally and Mm -hmm. Bobby finds him. Yes. One of the cabaret boys. If you would speak to that. Bobby and Victor, or is it Victor and Bobby? You know, there's only one way to tell them apart. I'll Um, show you later. (laughs) Two of the cabaret boys in the revival, Bobby recognizes Cliff from a gay bar in, is it London or is it Paris? I don't remember. And Cliff is sort of ambivalent about recognizing him back. It seems that they hooked up yeah, in some they, capacity. Yeah, they hooked up once upon a time. He gets nervous because he's from America and yeah. immediately his reaction is sort of like, you can't just come up to me in a space that's mm-hmm. not explicitly, like, gay and yeah. and even out me a little bit. And Bobby's response is, oh, you Americans are so repressed. You're in Berlin. It's the very Yeah, it's the very explicit, like, all Relax. of Berlin is a safe yeah. space. Yeah. Which is, like... But at that point, Berlin was, like, super queer. It had this enormous, active queer art scene. Yeah. And as we're going forward and watching the MC mm-hmm. and watching how he is moving with the times mm-hmm. and isn't explicitly anything himself. Sally never breaks character. The MC, we don't know anything about him yeah, other than his person, character. Yeah. So, oh, and Sally gets to perform another number. Because yes. just why not? So Mine Airs is the first time I think we really heard it was in the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. But it was a fine affair, but now it's over. That's yeah. the gist of the, of the song. Sometimes there's, like, a little bit ironic, like, Mm -hmm. counterpoint to what's going on in Sally's life in the song. I mean, maybe the song is foreshadowing, but mostly... It's about, you know, flitting from man to man. But see, this is an example Mm -hmm. where later on they've added other other songs for Sally to bring out Sally as a character, rather than to be about Cliff being like, here I am in Germany, I'm encountering, like, a landlady and a Mm -hmm. Jewish guy and this, like, British chick. Like, it's, it's, it's very much an effort to move her to the forefront. Oh, and there's the telephone song. Yeah. So Sovat, Sovat, as I would say, mm-hmm. is the first completely non-performance yeah. song. And the telephone song is, I guess, the next one. Yeah. It's a bustling, like, people interacting Bar. in the yeah. world of the cabaret. Yeah. People calling each other <laughs> the from really, The really modern newfangled thing where you put telephones at other tables. So <laughs> you could, like, you could see table number three and call up to table and 19 and be like, would you like to buy a girl a drink? Would, would you, you like, like to buy a man a drink? A drink? Would, would you, you like, like to buy a boy a drink? drink? You know, the original touches on it but really not all that much with Mm -hmm. the removal of cliff's entire thing so cliff is next day giving an english lesson to ernst Ernst. and sally just shows up yep out of nowhere she's been fired and max has dumped her and so so she moves in yeah so she insinuates herself there and she's kind of remarkable. Yeah, she just offers to pay Fräulein Schneider a bit more money. She <laughs> bargains her way in, and then she moves in. There's been a lot of different takes on Sally, mm-hmm. and like, you know, how do you play her vulnerability? Yeah. How do you play this and that? But considering that she's not a very good actress, right. she has a way of acting in a way that gets her what she wants, mm-hmm. and that's part of how she manages to avoid yeah, she just any real consequences. No, for an answer. Yeah, and she, for the most part, she convinces Cliff over the song "Perfectly Marvelous." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
which is a song about how she says like this will be an adventure mm-hmm. and it'll be use, fun yeah Why it'll not? be fun yeah. you can use you can use me as stuff for your book you can have sex with me she like mm-hmm. offers herself to him sexually which is really interesting based on whether or not Cliff is queer and whether or not he's gay. Yeah. And in the revival, she lets him know yeah, that, that Bobby told her mm-hmm. that Yeah, and that she doesn't mind. I believe her line is, I think people are people, don't you? And I mean, and she and Cliff do proceed to have a sexual yeah. relationship, which in the original version is just them having an affair. Mm-hmm. And in later incarnations is either him trying or maybe he does really love her yeah and in the revival of, he really loves her he wants them to like get married and settle down and then we have an inter an interlude with two ladies mm-hmm. two ladies is a song about being in a triad yes it's a racy fun song about a man who has two female two, partners yes. living together and about how peachy keen it is for them for all of them to sleep together the Wikipedia plot summary for the <laughs> disclosure says it comments on Cliffs and Sally's unusual living conditions. Yes, kind I, of. I guess. Things are starting yeah. to get a little bit more and more blurry in terms of watching what's going on, like on the stage of the cabaret yeah. and watching what's happening to the characters and, and linking them up. But this is something else where the revival made a really strong mm. choice. Yeah. It isn't just about their living situation, it's about having talked about Bobby and Cliff and Bobby's past. Because one of the two ladies in the yeah, Bible is, is Bobby. Bobby. It's Sally, Bobby, and Cliff. Right, and so, mm-hmm. and but on stage it's, it's the, MC the MC and one of the girls yeah, and, Bobby. and Bobby. And it's also something that you're saying, okay, that you're picturing people are in the room watching mm-hmm. it and seeing this like racy song that's also queer and like being cool with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's such a fun song. Kinder, Kinder, never. They're just, they're like, like it's like they're such a great, great songwriting team. And anyway, Two Ladies is a really good song. So good. So then we meet Air Schultz. Yes, he is Fräulein Schneider's gentleman friend. He's also a tenant in her in her boarding house. Yes, and they have a a relationship. He brings her fruit. He owns a fruit market. They have this sort of. They're both kind of they're late older, middle age, yeah. and they have this sort of like. They've Old lived a lot of their lives, yeah, but there's a lot of affection there. So we see how this flirtation often takes shape with, it couldn't please me more, the pineapple song. Yeah, he brings her a pineapple, which is really expensive. And they're not even in the movie, so there is no pineapple song yeah. in the movie. Anyway. This very, very sweet, affectionate, respectful. And we get right away from him meeting Cliff offhand, he... It comes up that he's Jewish. He's Jewish. And it's because it's New Year's and he wishes Cliff much mazel for the, the New, New Year. Year. Yeah. And that doesn't raise eyebrows. No, not at all. If you know anything about Germany in the 20th century, yeah. you immediately Eventually, start having a panic you see attack. where it's going to go. And it couldn't please me more. Essentially ends with them consummating their relationship. Yep. It's really adorable and sweet. He gives her a pineapple... They're just gonna, like, look at the pineapple mm-hmm. together, and she kind of, like, leaves the door open to the room, and they kind of dance around each other for a bit, and they end up getting together. Yeah. Also, around this time, we meet Fräulein Kost, Kost who is yeah, also Kost, Kost. a tenant in this building. She is a sex worker. She keeps having over men who are sailors, and she will say to Fräulein Schneider, oh, it's my nephew, my cousin yeah so it's a running joke also something we're eventually going to get to is the show's relationship with her which is kind of weird um Fräulein Schneider 
pretend that she's all opposed. Mm -hmm. But they pay her and she pays the rent, so... She goes, you can't let me catch you. Yes. She's like, so nothing changed. And and Schneider's like, oh no, things have totally changed. Uh Oh, and this is the first time we go back to the Kit Kat Club. And in the original version, this is the first time that we hear Tomorrow Belongs to Me. Yeah, which is... I mean, it's a song about the glories of Germany. It's a beautiful it's song. It's so beautiful. Fun fact that I learned, uh, Tomorrow Belongs to Me, this song, which later becomes clear that it's a Nazi anthem. With that in mind, I learned recently that um, a certain subset of American neo-Nazis are trying to turn Tomorrow Belongs to Me into their anthem. That's... And it just makes me laugh because, but like the entire genre from which this song came would not exist without Jewish people, queer people, black people. Do you think we should tell them? It's not like they're going to ruin the song because no. as beautiful as the song is, I always get the creeps listening. And that's that's typical Kander and Ebb is they put something up that's really beautiful and then they pull the rug out from Political under you. Dissonance. It makes you. It's supposed to make you really uncomfortable because of how beautiful it is. I didn't prepare very many notes, but just in general, I did write dissonance with four E's. Yep, that's Candor and Ebb. So this song reminds me so much of Edelweiss. Yeah. But unlike Edelweiss, it's not phony and it's not trying to be nice. So moving on, we've gone along in time for a few months and Cliff and Sally have fallen in love and Cliff sings not in the revival. Mm-hmm. But in the original version, Why Should, Why I, should wake I Wake Up? Why Should I Wake Up is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's so beautiful. It's the song from this show I have probably listened to the most. This is the first that we get of the sleep and dreaming imagery yeah. in a really overt way. And mm-hmm. so without this song, it takes a little bit of the punch out of out of when it comes back because mm-hmm. it'll be the, it, it's not connecting back to something. And this is wonderful insight into Cliff as a person, as a character. It makes his relationship with Sally mean something. Mm -hmm. I get why they removed it. I get that there was no maybe this time in the original version. More or less, the song has been replaced with maybe this time, which is subtly or not so subtly shifting the attention away from Cliff onto Onto Sally Sally. as a character. And I understand why they do that, but just... It's it's like a a catch-22 because... Without moments like this song, we don't care as much about Cliff as a character. And I... Miss Cliff as a character because I'm familiar with this incarnation of him. So, and every lyric of the song is good. Mm -hmm. So we do lose uh, Why Should I Wake Up? But we get Maybe This Time, which is, I mean, it is a great song and also a great standard to sing on your own. And it's also one of the first sort of cracks in Sally's facade that we see. Because, I mean, it is a song that she's performing Mm -hmm. at the cabaret, but... You can tell Which she's from really her feeling own it. Perspective, it isn't a character. She's wanting to hang on to Cliff, and then Sally tells him that he's pregnant. That she's pregnant. Yeah. In the original version, it suggests that they're monogamous, or mm-hmm. that the prison, or the, the assumption is it's his baby. Yeah. In the revival, she's like, I don't know who the father is, and he's yeah. like, Okay. He really wants it to be his baby. He's straight up willing to treat it as such. He's so yeah. excited. So according to Wikipedia, even though they don't say it in the text, apparently Sally's supposed to be nineteen. <gasps> Men writing musical theater, enough with your fantasies about 
barely of age girls. I don't. Oh. Anyway, what we do learn about Sally is that she has previously had an abortion. Yeah, because she talks about it like, oh, I'll just go back to this doctor. Yeah, so not only does this musical take place in a society where there is not legal abortion, Mm -hmm. it was also written in a society where this is pre-Roe right, v. Wade in the yes. United States. Um, it, this was a society where abortion was illegal, but very, very common. Right, so she's very matter-of-fact about it. Cliff is a little bit perturbed about how mm-hmm. matter-of-fact she's about it. So then we get into sort of, is it our judgment of Sally and Cliff, or is it the writer's mm-hmm. or director's judgment of Sally and Cliff, of how we sort of are going to take the fact that she has had an abortion, is totally cool with it. We know her to be a generally irresponsible mm-hmm. character who's not in touch with her own yeah. feelings. So it's very easy to read an implicit judgment. But it's tricky. But he essentially, he gets excited and he talk Sally into keeping the baby, mm-hmm. which she does reluctantly. And so meanwhile, he's in need of some money. So he runs some smuggling errands to Paris and back for Ernst Ludwig. We later find out he's been smuggling Nazi propaganda for Ernst. Yeah, and it's funny because very explicitly Cliff goes, I don't want to know. And mm-hmm. he's not saying like, when he finds out the truth, he doesn't go, I wish I hadn't found yeah. out. I don't think it yeah. even Oh, it doesn't even dawn on him because all the while, up until this point in the show, they're thinking of Nazis as just these like random guys on the street. These like stupid like thugs with too much testosterone who like it'll all blow over. Just like ignore them. They're stupid. We do know that Cliff is reading Mein Kampf so that yeah. he, he wants to know what's going on. Yes, exactly. So um, he knows that Nazism exists. And that he it's knows bad that news. it's bad. But I don't think any of them take it seriously yet. And I don't think he assumes that anyone he knows could be a Nazi. He thinks of it as, you know, those, like, assholes in the street, not someone he knows, not real. When he tells Ernst, I don't want to know, this immediately hooks back into the theme of why should I wake up. Yeah. Of his willing ignorance of his maybe I'll someday be lonely again is is the song is so freaking poignant Mm -hmm. because he's not naive, right. which is so weird. I don't know if you could call Sally naive. I think she knows what the bad news could be. She's just choosing not to deal with it. She's choosing to ignore it. But she's choosing to ignore it because it's her default, mm-hmm. and he's choosing to ignore it because he realizes he's found like an oasis in time, yeah. which is very sad. Right before, why should I wake up? He's saying, things are so great. Let's keep them great as long as possible. Immediately after, Sally says, I'm pregnant. And that's enough to sort of push him over the edge and say, maybe this can be forever. Yeah, yeah. So what's interesting is now in Counterpoint to what Cliff is doing to make money, we have two different songs about money, depending on your incarnation of the show. So we have... Sitting Pretty or Money, as in, like, mm-hmm. Money Makes the World Go Round. I think originally Sitting Pretty was called The Money Song, yeah, but you needed to differentiate. Sitting Pretty is a fun song. It's a patter mm-hmm. song. It's a song that's really hard to sing. Yeah. And it's just a good number about everyone, everyone else has, has is, money problems, yeah, but, but not, not me. me. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a sort of humorous commentary on Cliff in economically depressed state. Um, and explain Money to us. Money, the song, the lyric that they keep coming back to is money makes the world go round. It makes the world go round. Makes the world go round. And it's basically people will do what they need to do to get by. Period. The end. Ethics to the wind. Yeah. And it's like, 
there's a sexual relationship to yeah. money in the song. Like they're practically they're like, like touching themselves yeah, with the like, money. Money, money, money. That's your neat. <laughs> Hi, Mom. So I like the money song, and I kind of, yeah, generally speaking, the second song just works better. Yeah. Both with the tone that the revival goes for and just in terms of, like, having greater commentary and things starting to intensify and the MC is so creepy. Does Mm -hmm. Sally sing the money song on stage or is that just in the movie? In the movie? In the movie, she she does. does. I don't know about on stage. I don't think she does. I think it's just the MC song. I think they just wanted to give Liza, Liza something to do. To like- oh, right. So meanwhile, we go back to the boarding house and Fraulein Kost has essentially caught Schneider and Schultz like in flagrante delicto. Like yeah. she realizes that they're having a non-marital sexual mm-hmm. affair and she essentially says to Schneider, oh, you and I are the same. I can do whatever I want. If you're having sex with someone like casually then I can yeah. do my sex work here okay we're forgetting the logic Erschultz jumps in and says actually we're engaged yeah. and this makes it all okay and she kind of goes oh okay and leaves and Schultz and Schneider talk it over and then he proposes for real and we get another song about it married which is so lovely it's a sweet song I think it's a song that like it's only really a good song in the context of these characters. Yeah. It doesn't work as a standalone song. Is We've seen them through multiple musical numbers mm-hmm. and like scenes of dialogue and them getting to know each other, particularly if you have really strong performers mm-hmm. in the role, and that you have a sense of who they are and what this song means to them and why they're singing it. Um, he's a widower. She had a long-term relationship that she was never married in that also ended in in her partner's death. And that he's essentially talking her into it because he's done it before. Right. And this is the last time anyone is going to be happy ever Mm -hmm. again. Oh my god. And so then they plan an engagement party. Or no, they don't. Sally plans it for them. Yeah. And they say, but we don't know anyone. And Sally goes, I do. I'll invite all my friends. So we have the engagement party and we get another fun song. Yes. So Air Schultz has too many schnapps. Yes. And he sings a little Jewish song. Yeah, well, first of all, like, we're both Ashkenazi Jews, mm-hmm. like, who, like, have smatterings of Yiddish, like, yeah. inter- like just in our language. Is mis kind of word that you it's ever... It's never a word that I used. Or never a word that I heard. Yeah. My mom, like, she knew what that word meant. It was probably one of those words that her parents used when they didn't want the kids to know what was going on. Which when is they didn't how... want the kids to know they were calling them ugly. Yes. <laughs> which was pretty much how Yiddish was used in her right. upbringing. But um, it's a perfectly nice song. So Erschultz, he's just saying, oh, I'll sing this like old Jewish song to you guys. And it's about it's just a little love story about mm-hmm. two ugly people who that fall, in love. fall in love and have a beautiful baby. And then the moral of the story is that beauty can come from anywhere. Yeah. And I like the the last Um, line. Anyone responsible responsible for for loveliness, large or small, is not a miskite at all. You think of it mostly being like a one-off song, Mm -hmm. but the ending is particularly resonant when we're getting people who are either creating beauty or ugliness in the world and things are becoming Mm -hmm. much more black and white going forward. This is literally where things turn back right about they're right about to fall apart because right when this song ends ludwig leaves 
because he didn't realize that Schultz was Jewish. And Kost now he knows. tells him. Yeah. Yeah, in the original, he figures out from the song, because it's a song all about, about Yiddish. Yiddish. But in the revival, what happens is Kost and Ludwig are dancing. And he makes some comment about, like, oh, it's a nice party. And she basically insinuates, like, well, it ought to be him being a Jew with all his Jewish money. She's the first person yeah. in the entire to show make to say something like, explicitly anti-Semitic. Yeah, it's this sort of like offhand anti-Semitic comment. This is the first time he realizes that Schultz is Jewish. And so he leaves. He says, I, I find that I do not belong here. I cannot stay. And then he tells Fräulein Schneider, you and I are old acquaintances. I have sent you many new lodgers. So let me urge you, think what you are doing. This marriage is not advisable. I cannot put it too strongly for your own welfare. And then Cliff responds, what about Herr Schultz's welfare? And Ernst goes, he is not a German. And Fräulein Schneider says, you know, with, you know, some amount of naivete, but he was born here. And Ernst goes, he is not a German. Good evening. And Kost stops him from leaving. Mm -hmm. And they start the reprise of Tomorrow Belongs to Me. He, like, takes off his jacket, and we see see that he's wearing the the Nazi armband. Um, And something else that happens in the revival. They've all been dancing throughout. You know, it's a party. But during this conversation, the rhythm and the melody of the dancing changes until the underscore is boot stomping. And but, but what's interesting is the movement is people have become transfixed. Yeah. Is the motion has more or less stopped and people are like are just transfixed mm-hmm. and fascinated yeah. and just singing as a group. And we've established that these are Sally's mm-hmm. friends and that yeah. these are, are, are the people who we've associated with, like, the like loose sexual fun, freedom, yeah, yeah. cabaret culture. And, like, anything goes, and, but... And Ernst in specific, in particular. Yes, he introduced everyone to yeah. this cabaret. And yet... The, and the song ends with pretty much everyone except Clifford, Sally, Schultz, and Schneider who stand outside. Yeah, it's haunting. So why don't you explain how Act 2 opens? Because I forgot that this is in Mm -hmm. the original also. Yeah, um, it's also in the revival. So I'm just going to read the stage directions. Snap, snap, snap. Act 2, scene 1. Eight girls dance out on stage, obviously the Kit Kat Club chorus. They do a spirited dance of high kicks. Suddenly, we are aware that one of the girls is the MC. As the dance begins to fall apart, we hear the ominous sounds of military drums. The music changes to a martial version of Tomorrow Belongs to Me, as the MC and girls goose step off stage. Okay, yeah. yeah. So on that note, we go back to Schultz and Schneider, and it's the next day, and... They're cleaning up after the party. And essentially, she dumps him. It's very sad and much more complicated than that, but she tells him that she can't marry him because she sees that the Nazi party have spread too much and that it's too dangerous for them to be together. because basically what she says is, if the Nazis gain power, I could lose my license to rent out rooms, and then what? And he tries to comfort her with a really poignant reprise of Married. And as he's doing that, a brick is thrown through his window. And he says, it is nothing, children on their way to school, mischievous children, nothing more, I assure you. And it's not. No, it's It's not. Because he's Jewish. And (sighs) and then we get into, if you you could see her through my eyes. Explain what we're seeing as the MC is singing this love song. We are seeing... The MC is singing about his lovely relationship with this 
female gorilla. And the whole point of the song is, yeah, I know, she's ugly, she's scary. But if you could see her like I see her, you you would see why. And you know, it's you funny. would see why I would be with her. One of the dancers is in a gorilla suit mm-hmm. and like eating bananas with their feet or whatever. Right. The the stage direction is the gorilla is really rather attractive <laughs> as gorillas go. You know, it's this sort of funny, sweet song about like, yeah, this relationship is bizarre and weird. But it's beautiful. But then at the very end of the original song, the lines in the original song are, I understand your objection. I grant you the problem's not small. But if you could see her through my eyes, she isn't a miskite at all. In the revival, it is, but if you could see her through my eyes, she wouldn't look Jewish at all. According to Wikipedia... (laughs) That was the original intention for the Broadway Mm -hmm. version. The line was intended to shock the audience and make them consider how easily and unthinkingly they accepted prejudice, but protests and boycott threats from Jewish leaders in Boston led them to write an alternate final line. So I don't know the story. You have missed it. It's important, and it makes the song work to have Mm -hmm. the really scary, awful ending. But when I'm listening to a cast recording... I don't want to casually be listening to a song and be no. getting anti-Semitic no, stuff. No, I don't listen so, to that, like, just on the subway. Anyway, and so this is where we're seeing, for the first time, how the world of the cabaret, while still being, like, sort of joking about, sexy like, the sex, and sexy open, and free. But the outside world is creeping in, and you cannot avoid it any And longer. the MC in particular, yeah. whatever he's it's about. creeping into him, too. Meanwhile, Sally and Cliff find out about the ending of the engagement, and they confront Fräulein Schneider, and she sings, What Would You Do? Mm -hmm. She's faced with a really difficult situation. She basically says, you know, I'm too old, I've been through too much to keep fighting, and being with Herr Schultz, love him though I do, that would be a fight. Oh, and all the lyrics are so good. It's and so her being the, It ends yeah. with, go on, tell me, I will listen. What would you do if you were me? And there's nothing they can really say. And Cliff yeah. essentially says, says, like, take a stand. You'll have each other. Sally ultimately says, well, it'll work out because mm-hmm. Sally. That's how she responds to everything. That's how she responds. So it's not only that she can't see the larger problem. Mm-hmm. It's that she can't oh, she even can see, see it. She's just choosing, is choosing not, not to... to see the larger problem. She's also choosing to not even see the fact that like people could end up unhappy as individuals yeah. to say nothing of like the, the fate of like the racism yeah. of an entire society. So I tend to be fairly unforgiving of yeah. people who opted for self-preservation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what it is that makes Schneider a definitive exception for me. Yeah, I think it's more about she literally only knows how to protect herself. Yeah. This song and speech from her are the last straw for Cliff, and he realizes that he just can't can't live there anymore, and things are too far gone. So he says, we can still make a life for ourselves. And he's like, Sally, we're going back to America. We'll like Mm -hmm. live with my mom. Mm Mm-hmm. Which she does not want to do at all. And when Sally says no because she... Because of the club. Cliff says, wake up. And he says, the party in Berlin is over. Even when her face is up against this truth, she can still try to shrug it off. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also he is trying to explain that things are really bad because of Nazism. And she goes, that's politics. What's it got to do with us? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't going to go back to the club, but after their argument, she does. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the revivals, we get I Don't Care Much. I Don't Care Much, the MC sings it. And it's this, it feels like a song of loss. Like, it, 
the lyrics are I don't care much, but he does. He does. It feels like it's all about how it's missing all these people who are very soon going to be either literally gone or swept up in Nazism. As far as Sally is concerned, it's also her balance of trying not to care yeah. and caring. This is maybe the only real insight we get onto what the MC is mm-hmm. about as a person. Yeah. He's opportunistic until he can't be. And sooner or later, he's gonna get caught up in the world. After either I don't care much or their argument, Cliff confronts Ernst. Mm-hmm. Um, because Ernst wants him to run another errand. And Cliff says no. Yeah, and then when Ernst and, makes a comment about... Well, the, the conversation goes, Ernst says... So he goes, are you angry with me? Cliff says, I am. And Ernst goes, it is because of the party last evening. If you were a German, you would understand these things. And they go back and forth for a little while longer. And Ernst goes, Clifford, I know you need the money, so why won't you go? It is, it is because of that Jew at the party? Here, I'm, I'm just going to read the stage directions. Cliff socks Ernst, knocking him down. Immediately, two men wearing Nazi armbands jump on Cliff, beating him unconscious. They drag him out of the club as the patrons watch. The MC appears laughing rather hysterically as if the fight were part of the floor show. As the patrons watch. Yeah. That right there implicates the audience. Yeah. That shines the light directly on the audience and goes, you could do that. Also, this is the point where we see that Kost has become Ernst's, like, girlfriend. Yeah. And she's dressed up much nicer mm-hmm. and she has these airs and we're seeing how they're using the the relationship now between like burgeoning power and violence mm-hmm. well now we've got the song and cabaret we get the title song yeah yay uh, nothing like basically, a good title song yeah it's sally Bowles saying you know whatever's going on outside you may as well come into the cabaret and live while you can this is the weirdest song in the sense that it's like the biggest standard from the show and in the context of the show, so difficult to yeah. enjoy. In the revival, um, Natasha Richardson shouts the last verse, which is, start by admitting from cradle to tomb, isn't that long a stay? Life is a cabaret, old chum, only a cabaret, old chum, and I love a cabaret. That song at the end is pure desperation. She's trying so hard to hang on to that worldview, and it's damn near impossible. So not to get into like fan theories, but an interpretation I heard that was very interesting is that this is where the reality of the show and the performances are blurring the most, and mm. that Sally is is singing the song, and she's not really up on there singing it. She's actually on the doctor's table getting an abortion. Yeah, that's I've heard that too. Which is, I think, mm-hmm. you can't say is the definitive mm-hmm. interpretation, but I think is valid. And yeah, spoiler. Um, yeah, she gets the abortion. Because earlier Cliff says, just promise me you'll think about having the baby and being and, a family. And coming with him to yeah. America. And he shows up, and he's he's very much like, we're leaving. Yeah, and he's, he's been, like, beaten up by these Nazis, so he's just saying, finish packing, let's go. And she very casually drops that she had an abortion. Because she had to sell her coat. He keeps being wake up, and she essentially turns around and says, well, you're the one who has the unrealistic expectations. You know mm-hmm. me. You know I can't go to you in Ameri- to yeah. America pl- and like be the be the no, the wife and mother that you yeah. want me to be. It's never going to happen. Yeah. 
And it's maybe the first moment that they're like honest with each other and themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like they leave each other angrily like it's just right. this really sad moment yeah, they cannot be what the other one needs and she tries to she tries to like last off like mm -hmm. slip back into character but yeah, by now it doesn't work. it's totally so we pretty much get into the finale now yeah the lines are pretty much the same yeah so it's a reprise and then it's going to be a pastiche of all these different songs and we're yeah. revisiting all these characters and where yeah. they are now in the revival you just see them standing on stage so Cliff goes, there was a cabaret, and there was a master of ceremonies, and there was a city called Berlin in a country called Germany. And it was the end, end of, of the, the world, world and, I, and was I was dancing, dancing with, with Sally, Sally Bowles, and we were both, both fast, fast asleep. asleep. Uh, that line gets me every, every time. single time. Yeah. More than me any too. other line in the entire show yep. spoken or sung. Cliff is broken, and he sees what has happened. And he sees what's going to happen. And he can't do anything except leave here yeah so i so the show kind of ends with this pastiche of songs we get reprises of vilkomen and the song cabaret, cabaret. and, and the also some lines of dialogue which i think are important yeah. um schneider and, and schultz just children mischievous children on their way to school you understand schneider responds i understand what one does what one must sally says it'll all work out it's only politics and what's that got to do with us Schultz's last line, which oh, is heartbreaking. <laughs> I know I am right because I understand the Germans. After all, what am I? A German. And so in the original version, the show ends with the MC saying goodbye in three yeah, languages. Yeah. He does everything three languages. And, and then, then he just bows and vanishes. Yeah. And he never says goodbye in English, which is really haunting. Mm -hmm. And but I feel we can, the I, end yeah. of the movie here is Absolutely. Relevant. You see the camera pan around to the audience well no you see the reflection yeah, on the stage right and everyone in the audience is wearing a nazi armband uh. um and then there's the revival so in every version the lyrics are the same but the music is much more dissonant but in the revival the mc is wearing this big leather trench coat and as he gives those final lines he does kind of a strip tease with the coat, and then in one swift motion, throws off the leather coat. You see him wearing a striped concentration camp uniform with both a yellow star and a pink triangle. And then very, very quickly, he throws his arms up, throws his neck back as if he's being hung. Lights go down. <sighs> After Sam Mendes did that in 1993, it became a little bit of a one-upsmanship type yeah. of game after that. But it is interesting that ever since then, the MC figure who was enigmatic mm -hmm. and a reflection of the society becomes a victim at the very yeah. end. Anyway, and then the lights come back up and you go out to the lobby uh -huh. to buy a t-shirt for 20 bucks. Yep. It says, like, life is a cabaret. Uh-huh. What I would like to just touch on really quick now that we've gotten through... The show is um, Tony's Bet It Won. In the original 1967, it got Best Musical, Best Score, Featured Actor for Joel Grey, Featured Actress, Direction, Choreography, Scenic Design, Costume Design. The only categories it lost were Leading Actor and Actress, which mm. were actually Jack Guilford and Lotta Lenya. Really? That they counted um, Schultz and oh, Schneider as leading actors. It got 
revival and then Alan Cumming and Natasha Richardson and Ron mm-hmm. Rifkin all got um, Tonys yeah. for acting. This is the darkest musical we've done so far. So mm-hmm. at the end of the of an episode, we like to talk about our favorite and least favorite lyrics in the show. Mm. I don't know if I can even in the revival when the MC repeats at the very end of the show. We have no troubles here. The imagery that I got was, oh, that's one of those like fake postcards that was sent out from concentration camps. So I don't think I can call that a favorite line, but it was a line that I heard in a whole new way. What about you? So, like, there are no bad lyrics Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Um, But I decided to just go for fun and clever Mm -hmm. and a line that's just like, that's all you, Fred. Don't Tell Mama is maybe the most sort of clever song but i just love this the line please my sweet potato keep Mm -hmm. this from the mater oh that's so good can i pull up one of my favorite lines from that song you can tell my grandma suits me fine just yesterday she joined joined the the line line. but don't tell mama what you know on that note yes do you have a least favorite lyric i really don't i tried i couldn't come up with one yeah, the closest i could get was in the song married i guess the old despair that was always there. Yeah. It's just sort of like, but you guys weren't despairing as no. characters. But really, I'm just nitpicking because yeah. you have to nitpick because the show is so good. Mm-hmm. So, Yoni, thank you so much for coming thank on the show. Thank you for inviting me, Gabby. This was cathartic, exhausting. Yeah. Both. Is there a place on social media where you are, like, cool yeah. and people find yeah. you? Yeah, I tweet at Yonit Rose. That's Y-O-N-I-T-R-O-S-E. Got it. That's my Twitter handle. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time. Hush Don't tell mama. Shush Don't tell mama. Don't tell mama. Whatever you do. Thanks for listening to Pick Little, Talk Little. You can follow us on Twitter at PalTalPodcast, as in P-A-L-T-A-L. Email us at PalTalPodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Pick a little, talk a little. We are produced and edited by the incomparable Rachel Jacobs. You can find her at Rachel-Jacobs.com or on Twitter at WTFRJK. I've been your host, Gabrielle Gazelowitz. I'm at GabrielleGazelowitz.com, which is spelled in a way that you probably wouldn't guess. And I'm on Twitter at Gabby Gazelowitz. So see if you can find me. So until next time, and as they say in The Sound of Music, adieu, adieu, to you, and you, and you. <laughs>